0: All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. This week we're back with another little interview. Been a little while since we've shot the shit with some of the jocks, but this week we're going to be getting Tyler Schiller on. Tyler is one of the gun apprentices at the moment in put up a few votes recently trying to see what people uh who their number one apprentice was and there was a stack of votes to tyler schiller he was first zach lloyd second dylan third reese jones fourth with a couple others there but um tyler is absolutely flying at the moment so be good to get uh have a little chat to him see how he's going with his uh killer and a half claim and what he sees next with all his um all the next big carnivals he's going to be involved with uh, if you're not following get in there get in, follow us give us a spell pod Instagram Twitter all that sort of shit you can join Facebook where we put up um, a bunch of little tips and stuff as well they're all free Kohai often puts up his tips and a little bit of a write up there as well uh, we have mentioned that we are doing a, a little, like it's nothing official, but we're going to have a bit of a Christmas party down in Manly. I know not everyone is on, is on the northern beaches of Sydney, unlucky, uh, but if you are, pop down to Manly, send us a message, we are probably around the stain and whatnot, having some bets, having some uh, punts, and probably doing a bit of a pool together so we can have a big punt together and try and win some big cash, that is the plan, but uh Never, let's just get into it. we got Tyler Schiller on the line and we're going to shoot the shit with him. So, boy, he's pretty stoked to have Tyler on, eh?
1: Yeah, stoked to have him on, mate. He's um, he's fine at the moment in a pretty stacked uh, Sydney roster and uh, especially the apprentices as well. He's going as good as anyone. I can't remember a Saturday where he hasn't had a winner
2: or two. So, can I chat to him? Beautiful. Kowie, keen? I think I am keen, but there's no person on this podcast that's more keen than you so um, I think every group chat on a Saturday or a yeah, Metro Shilla. meeting, you're pretty, you're pretty much dropping a an eggplant emoji when Schiller gets a winner. So I think yeah, it, it should be, it should be good fun.
0: I think it's because I was like blowing up, you know, your Dylans and your um, Zach Lloyds and stuff, and I you guys brought a, brought it to my attention that Tyler's flying as well. So Ned, every time he wins or he wins on a bit of an outsider, I give him a bit of a rap. But um, all right, let's get him on. All right, Tyler Schiller is joining the potty. Um, Tyler, welcome aboard, mate. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, so what, do you, what have you made of um, 2022, mate? It's been a pretty good year for you.
3: Yeah, um, I thought last year it was pretty good winning the champion apprentice in town, but mm. this year it just keeps rolling on and at the moment the momentum's high and hopefully I can keep it there.
0: You got a winner for the little Blue Army, mate. It's good riding for them, isn't it, in race one today?
3: Yeah, definitely, Um it's always good riding for top trainers. And when you can get a winner for them, it makes it, makes it really worthwhile. Tyler, um, Coie and
1: I went to Nowra on Sunday, actually. We had a small percentage in a horse. But when we heard, um, is it true that you had a full book at Hawkesbury, but you, you decided to go to Nowra because of Rotterua? First of all, that was a hell of a win despite uh, things going wrong. And is is it going to be a good horse if, if, if everything um, stays fit?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure about a full book at Hawkesbury, but I was definitely going towards Hawkesbury more than now until I heard Mark saying that Rule was going that way after I worked her one day. So it, w- it did definitely sway me with her going there. Um, I think she's a top filly. She just needs to get her mental part right. Um, but it was a very good win
2: mate, how's it feel to be doing your like, apprenticeship and everything else with Mark Newnham? Because this kind of turned into... I mean, we weren't around for Theo Green, but um, we've seen the commodities of what a great, you know, jockey and a trainer he was to the likes of Mark and Ronnie Quinton and the likes. So how's it been in Sydney under Mark's care?
3: Yeah, definitely. he's has been compared to Theo at the moment. And he's a great mentor. He's He's firm and fair. He doesn't really get up as much when we do something wrong, but he does pull us in and tell us what we do wrong in a nice way and then pretty much just gives us opportunities that are good enough to make us improve. Um, It's very easy to go out and make mistakes, but it's a lot harder to learn from them unless you've got the right boss, and I think Mark's one of the best out there.
1: You're lucky to and have what's it. it like, mate? Sorry, uh, what, what's it like just having people like Corey Brown around to ask questions, but you, you get to that change room and you see James McDonald, Tommy Berry, Hugh Bowman, like, some of these names. Were well, you like pitching yourself when you first started? Because, like, the Sydney Jockeys ranks is one of the best in the world, I reckon.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's unreal. Um, being able to walk into Tim Clark, Josh Parr, Kira McAvoy. it's hmm. It's amazing just to meet them, let alone ride alongside them and fight out a finish with them. To get advice off them is very good. They're all open and willing, which is even better for us apprentices coming through. I think Sydney, apprentice-wise, is coming through very strongly because of that. They get taught so well through Corey Brown, as you said, and all the other senior jockeys that are willing to put time in and help help each other out. So it's always better to build with a big support group. And I think Sydney's pretty much the place to be at the moment. It was
0: never always that easy though, right? Like, yes, you're riding in all the big metro tracks and all this stuff, but it's a, I'm sure it's a long, hard grind. Well, like as a, as a kid as an grommet, as a, as a young fella, were you super into racing? Were you always going to be a jock or did you play other sports? Or what was the story as a young
3: boy? I uh, played a lot of soccer for 14 years, 15 years um other than that i watched racing pop had harness horses so i was more inclined to be a harness racing driver than a jockey but when i was so small growing up i was always just because of the horse i was always there for the love of the horse and to be able to get into the thoroughbred industry as a jockey it it was always a dream from probably year eight onwards i just wanted to leave school as quick as i could and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> get in, get into riding because I hated school and loved horses, but it was never that easy. Um, I, I wasn't a great rider when I was young, but when I got to feel Sweeney, I think that was the turning point. He was a really good good person to learn from. I don't actually know how he got me to ride so well so quickly because I was pretty ordinary when I first went there, he, he, I got compared to a sack of potatoes on the <laughs> back of him. For, So um, it all moved pretty fast, and then yeah, just kept snowballing.
0: I think when we come twenty nineteen, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your first race ride was a winner. It was a non tab meeting, but it was a winner. Is it Little Capri? Yeah, that's
3: pretty unreal. My first two race, my first two race rides were winners. Actually, I was free to retire after that. (laughs) And that was only That was only three years ago. So it's it's pretty
0: unreal that you've come from you know where was it? Hillston where I don't know where that is, a uh, non-tab
2: meeting. <laughs> I've never heard of Hilston. It's past Griffith. It's bomb, bomb fucking nowhere. Well, coming, oh, look, I, I had to Google it. Yeah, well, coming
0: from um, Northern Beaches folks like myself who don't like to travel, I have no idea, Hilston. But, I mean, I look at it, you're riding for Marcus O'Connor. You're a four-kilogram acclaimer. Uh, it's pretty unreal, mate. So, like, that was three years ago, riding in Hilston to a regular rider in some of the best races in, you know, the world, mate. It's pretty cool, isn't it?
3: Yes, yeah, completely ridiculous. I never thought when I was down at Gerald with Phil that I'd make it to Sydney, let alone be in the jockeys' ranks, up with the top <laughs> Tom Tom Berry yeah. around level. Like it's it's unreal to think about.
1: And what about um, winning a Kosciuszko as well? Like yeah. on your birthday for that for that area as well with Gary Colvin. Like um, I. I I, I lived in Wagga for three years, and just knowing the people around there, there there's such big um, racing fans around there. So to win win a massive race like the Cozzi on your birthday for the um, for the people down that way, that's that's got to be a massive thrill, hey?
3: Yeah, it definitely meant a lot more winning that big race for a country trainer where I was from than what it did winning a Group Three at Scone for Bjorn Baker. So like it was still great winning my first group three race but to win a big race for a trainer that i'd ridden for down in the country area was unreal
2: how good i was gonna just up, go rewind the clock a little bit again but it, it, i've read a few reports i just wanted you to confirm it so when you lost your claim with like your country claim uh tower, there was uh kind of like a turning point of whether to go south of the border or north of the border but because COVID was rolling through you kind of ended up residing and staying in New South Wales. Is that right?
3: Yeah. Um, I was very close to the Victorian border at Giroudary. I think it's 45 minutes to Shepparton. So Bill really wanted me to go to Victoria and get into their system. But with COVID coming along and I outrode my claim and I just – my career was sort of going stagnant. So I decided I had to either move up here or stay down there and be sort of you – know, non-claiming apprentice going nowhere for a little bit. So I made the jump and gone to a few trainers up here. Mark wasn't actually one of the first ones I contacted, but when my friend down at Wagga heard that I wanted to move to Sydney, she got me in contact with Mark, and it was one of the better decisions that's ever happened. Uh,
0: growing up, mate, you've obviously been in the ranks for a while now, but I want to know as a teenager, late teen, um what was like the the race that you loved? I know that everyone sort of generally has like a has a has a race they love, and a lot of people say the Cox Plate and that sort of thing. But I'm more of a sprint guy, so the TJ Smith has always been my go-to. Like growing up, going through the ranks, what was your
3: always your favourite race? Going fuck, I'd love to win that race. I think it was more because of the love of black caviar that I liked the Lightning Stakes the most. To be honest, um, yeah, up the Flemington Strait. Flemington Straight—that'd be pretty, pretty
0: fucking unreal, actually. Um, that's a good one. Um, so you had a couple. Of things, like Tom. You mentioned you won that. You won the Cosy, but you also got little dance as well. That was another little crack and run. There's a lot of these um, pop up races, isn't there? That um, it's a good time to be a jock in Sydney.
3: Yeah, the money's unreal up here. Um, even that win to win for Keith. He's been a great supporter from when I was down south. So, to win a big race for him, near. The, later part of his career he's he's such a good trainer and he does a, such a good job with his small team um to win for him it was great feeling um and i've rode the horse a bit so he was actually my 80th winner i out-rode my cl- country claim on him so it was even better
2: you good mate
3: and i just wanted to touch on like the whole
2: obviously you've touched on like the sydney jockey rooms but at the same time i mean the apprentice class that's coming through with dylan and uh, Zach in, in the room together, is, does that make it even more competitive for you? Because at the moment, like, it it is touted as one of the mm. best apprentice grounds, almost well, nationwide, I could probably comfortably say, because, I mean, I'm looking at the stats now. Between the three of you, you're in the top seven in the Sydney Jockey Premiership. You're leading it and coming second overall, which is outstanding and six statewide. So, like, does it motivate you more? Is it more competitive between the apprentices or is it just the room in itself kind of thing? How
3: do you see it, Tyler? It definitely becomes a bit more of a competition that way with the three of us going. Like, last season, there was me and Reese ended up paired off and we're in a little ding-dong battle there. And I don't know what it is, but this season, I feel like the momentum's gone to a new level with Dylan and Zach being there. It gives you more of a fight to want to be able to beat the best and be the best in there. Um, the bunny of James McDonald's always going to be there because he's the GOAT, but um, to be in front of the apprentices at the moment, it's, it's unreal. I just got to try and keep the momentum up and the claims going very quickly, but it's probably a good thing. You mentioned J
2: Mac, right? Uh- the funny thing is, I mean, J Mac is the go, but at the same time, you're on twenty five winners, twenty six winners now as of today. There's only three apprentices in this century, so in the last twenty two years, that have hit the fifty, raised the bat on the fifty or more winners during their apprentice years, and that's Bowman, Anglin, and Tommy Barry. So you're in a pretty group of, uh, like, pretty strong group of jockeys right there. So you must be proud, just kind of hitting those high notes.
3: Yeah, it's surreal to think of it like that when you put all the statistics together it's unreal um i don't like to talk myself up or anything so i just say that i'm a mediocre apprentice but (laughs) it's just it's just good to be able to be in that position where you have momentum riding for the best trainers and i don't know it just feels so cruisy just to go around riding with those jockeys at the moment
1: just touching on that mate. I, I, I've had heard Gary Fraser um, say before that you you're very similar to Ty. you're you one of the better jockeys to come through since Ty and uh, going to do what Coey saying with the stats would be unreal, but was was Ty someone you would look up to or McDonald or um, when you were just starting out were they were the big names or there's some some people in your local area that you looked up to when you just started out?
3: Yeah, more Nick Haywood gave me a good kick along when I was down there because before I went to Phil Sweeney's, I was at Chris for a little bit and while Nick was in his apprenticeship, so I got a pretty close bond with him and coming through my apprenticeship, Nick helped me a lot on the Equisizer down in that area and I thought he looked so good and he was up at Snowden's for a while as an apprentice before it got too heavy. Um, But, yeah, in... Sydney jockey ranks, definitely. James McDonald, Hugh Bowman were the idols growing up.
0: What do you, um, when it, when you say, we, we mentioned earlier that, you know, you're riding for Godolphin and stuff today. Is it, when you first had a couple of the rides for the big-name trainers when you're in Sydney, what was the nerves like? Because I can just imagine, you know, stepping up, I'm in Sydney, and then you start riding for these big stables. Did you feel extra nervous or did you just feel like, fuck, I know how to ride a horse, I'm just going to go out there and do
3: my have it a crack? Now there was definitely some nerves. I think my first ride for Walla, um, I went out there and just it was like a blur again. Riding your first race, you just didn't know what you were doing. But obviously, um, once you ride for them more, you get a bit more confident and comfortable around them. Uh, but you just know that they're another person. But when you first start for them, it's definitely um, a big experience, a um, big thrill.
1: And what, what something you want to do um, in the future, Tyler? Like we've seen McDonald and Jamie Carr and Huey going to Hong Kong. Is, is there a goal you want to uh, do right overseas or just lock down Sydney? Or what, where do you see yourself sort of in the next few years?
3: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'd love to stay in Sydney as long as I can. I'd like to improve a lot more. Um, I'd love to be in Hong Kong in the next five years. I don't know if it will ever happen, but if it's there on the horizon, I'd definitely take the chance.
0: Mm. Yeah. Speaking of Hong Kong, obviously the international jockey thing, for anyone not knowing, is tonight that kicks off and – it would be unreal. Um, you, know, you haven't heard any bad stories from people that have gone over and had had a crack at Hong Kong. You just look at how long Zach Burton's been there. Um, absolutely flying. Um, one thing I have mentioned to most jocks, and I, I guess we meant to ask this question a lot, is dealing with shit. So you're in a you're in a job where you're a hero one second and you're an enemy the next second in some sense, right? So. We've got people like, we are spoken to people like Tommy and Karen and stuff and about what the how they deal with social media and, you know, you ride a good race, everyone's loving Tyler Schiller and then you might ride a race that didn't go according to plan. Do you ever deal with any shit on Twitter, Instagram, that sort of stuff or are you pretty good at like blocking that sort of crap out?
3: I definitely read it. I actually like reading it more because I'm a harsher critic on myself than anyone will ever say to me. So mm-hmm. nothing, right. nothing's going to hurt me. But at least when I read it, I read it and know that I can be harsh on myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Just, it's like if I ride one bad, and then someone tells me I ride it bad, it's like, well, um, I have a right to be harsh on myself. Yeah. But I get over it pretty quick.
0: I think. It's, I think. I think Tommy. A good is way the, to look at it. Yeah, I think, and I think Tommy was the one that sort of said it best. From most people, he said that we never go out to ride a bad ride. We want to win every single race. Sometimes it doesn't go according mm. to plan. He goes, but. People that punt, they're allowed to have an opinion, right? But when it gets to a bit full on and a bit vulgar and stuff, that's where it's bad. But like you said, and I remember, remember asking Dylan as well, and Dylan said, "Look, you guys, you read it, you cop the shit, but you sort of just got to. If you keep get too flustered in it, um, it can get a bit much. But it must be annoying though. It's a weird job. Like we've said, it's the, you're in the you're in a job where an ambulance follows you around every second that you're on on clock. It's a bloody it's a bloody weird thing, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely plenty of danger in it i remember when i first wanted to be a jockey mum was against it and asked me every time i came back from fields for a break she'd say oh do you still want to be a jockey and when you start doing it every day you don't actually remember how dangerous it is until you come off and then go oh that hurt a bit but usually it's pretty easy we it's just like another normal job to us yeah I just want to I just want to touch on it. So,
2: like you mentioned, like the dangers of racing. I mean, I don't know if you want to t- talk about it or if you've ever really spoken about it. But uh, back when you, I guess you were, would have been still with Phil, or you might have just outridden your claim or started riding. You were in a car, a pretty horrific car crash from notes. Did that, in hindsight, make you a better jockey, or did that motivate you? Like, because I mean, from all reports, it sounded like the doctors gave you pretty much the bleakest response going forward so how did that go about mate
3: yeah that was down when I was with Phil um just before I started actually doing my first trials so I hadn't actually gotten to race riding or even trials yet and I was just in a car crash I broke my back and everything sort of went downhill from there I had a perforated bowel they figured out later so I got air- airlifted to Melbourne and um they said I would never ride again, but I suppose they got to give the worst diagnosis they can in case something does go wrong. Yeah. Um, but from there on, I think it matured me a lot because it took me nine months to get back to riding to be able to get the strength back and all that sort of thing. So it gave me a lot of time to think and mature as a person instead of being a little 17, 18-year-old kid still. I was nineteen, twenty when I first started my apprenticeship, so it did help me a lot, especially on the financial side of things. Because when you're getting a lot of money as a young kid, it sort of can blow your head up a lot. But at the moment, I think everything's going great. It really did mature me, though.
0: You said you're you're pretty keen to ride a, a first Group One. Is that is I think what did I read? You want to outride your claim or? Uh, winner group one When we look towards Group ones Let's ignore, in, ignore Lightning stakes Looking forward to Sydney In the next little while And let's exclude Prize money Any any race that comes to mind That you'd love to salute in In the next year
3: uh, I'd love to ride the Sydney Cup winner Sydney Cup Yeah That's well, around... the most
2: achievable That is the most modest answer I've ever yeah, heard Yeah <laughs> I wouldn't have picked Sydney Cup
3: How come yeah. How come Sydney Cup uh, I ran sixth in it Last year On a Pretty rough price one, the Cap Fever for Joe Pride, and I thought it felt like a really good race to win.
2: Beautiful. Are you more inclined for, like, stayers over sprinters? Or you, I mean, is, is there any preference for you?
3: I uh, definitely like the sprinters more because you yeah. <laughs> don't run out of puffers quick, but <laughs> I, I, did, I did like riding in the Sydney Cup. The atmosphere was pretty big.
1: And I saw the other day, mate, after uh, riding uh, Ruby Tuesday, you donated 10%. Breast, uh, breast, breast, breast cancer. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
3: breast care uh, cancer. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I got interviewed after it, and I knew the horse was um, linked to all the breast cancer foundation um, with the owners and training of it. But um, Chris Roots from the Daily Telegraph, I think he is. He. The herald the
1: other guys.
3: The Herald, <laughs> sorry. He. Um, he interviewed me about it and asked if i'd donate 10 percent. i said yeah definitely i'd i'd love to keep donating to them to be honest but um yeah it's a good cause i think they deserve everything they get and hopefully they can improve off everyone's donations and i just wanted to put my bid in. oh that's
1: awesome mate no that's good stuff like you uh see so many jockeys um giving back like that but i want to touch on some real hard stuff now um uh, the old man's got a share. Well, he owns Ramones tomorrow. <laughs>
3: I knew it's coming. And, um, I knew it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're riding, you're riding the big Ramones. Um, I know your record with Joe Pride's pretty good. Um, hopefully, you can get the win, but uh, have you seen much of Ramones?
3: Yeah, I sat on him his last trial, and he gave me some feel. He um trialed like a really nice horse. I think he might run the quickest trial of the morning and the quickest last 600, so... He's in the right space and probably just the draws a little bit against him, but being a big horse, I think he's a bit better out of trouble out there. So all he has to do is get around and hopefully, hopefully, he gets the chalkies.
1: Beautiful, mate. That's exactly what I wanted
3: to hear. That's good stuff.
0: Always told me to have the Chucky's own little pony in there, of course. Mate, leaning, I guess leaning towards this weekend, you've got another bunch of rides as well. Um, any any tickle you fancy? Any you're excited about?
3: Yeah, um, going forward, Rondino. Yep. I think he's aiming at some pretty high things next year. So hopefully, the bit, I think the wide draw helps him a lot. Um, gets him a bit of room. He's a horse that loves room. So I think he'll be pretty hard to beat.
2: He's bloody I've, good. Got a,
3: I've got a list, on this.
2: Yeah, go. Have a crack. I've got I've, just what I liked, really, throughout the day. I, I just wanted to touch – Tommy's already touched on remains, which is perfect. I've got all the answers there. Friday, I've <laughs> circled a couple. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Wonga Wanda? Let's go with it. Let, let's. Uh, <laughs> you you won on it in the midway. Um, you've drawn handy again, so it looks really good. Um, how does that give you – Yeah, has it given you any good feels? I think there's not too much speed, so you should probably box up. Any thoughts about
3: it now, Tom? Yeah, I think on her last start she did a great job. She came from back on the fence, was under a little bit of pressure around the corner, and I probably had her a touch out of her comfort zone with the speed of the race, but she accelerated great when I asked for her and was too strong for him. I think getting in with a little bit more of a claim again on Friday should help, a little bit less pace, hopefully keep her comfortable for longer and then... She'll be strong again at the end. She's she seemed like a really nice mare when I rode her last start. Love that.
2: Uh, Fangella for one of your favourites, Keith Dryden. I don't think you've ridden this one before, but I guess it seems like it's a go forward type and it's drawn well. So I'm guessing that'd probably be the go again.
3: Yeah, never ridden her. Huh? Um, she's got a great record though. She's won half a starts. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't can't argue about that. Yeah, hundred percent. And then gets down a little bit in weight, I think. I thought, oh, same way as last start. Good draw. Yeah, she should. She looks like she's going to be in the finish. And then
2: one last one for Friday. I've got Silent Agenda in the last for Joey Pride. Uh, you've ridden it. I think it's trialed twice this, leading into this prep. Has it given you any promise for this preparation coming?
3: Yeah, his last trial at Valksbury was great. Behind a nice horse, Brigger team Um... He'd been going a little bit keen, so I think Joe wanted to keep him at the shorter trips this prep, and he didn't get the draw we wanted. So I'm not sure if he'll go around, but his You're first up form, yeah. Right, six, yeah, his first up start last prep was really good. From last, I think it, I think it was Warwick Farm. Came from last, went straight up the fence and ran second. So. Of that form, he should run well, but I'm not sure if he goes around. Yeah, good. Are we going to touch on Saturday,
0: Thomas? Yeah, we can touch Saturday for sure. What have we got?
2: Uh, a couple that I've circled. Tiles already mentioned. Rondino, Um, uh, Don't think you've. Have you sat on this one before? I don't think you have. Have you?
3: Yeah, one on a yeah. uh, Randwick last prep, I think.
2: Last last prep yet? Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, you're right. A few times before. Uh, right. Any any thoughts about it? It's drawn a little bit wider. So is, does that make it a little bit stickier for you? or you gonna it, it can sit back, can't it?
3: Yeah, she's come from everywhere last prep. She's probably better off in the first four or five. Uh, she ran super first up after a pretty strong trial performance. So if she can posse up somewhere in the first half of the field, I think with a turn of foot, she's pretty electric. She's not very big, but she's got a massive heart on her, so... If she can cause midfield, should be good. 11-11
2: uh, in race seven, uh, drawn one. I think you, you trialled it the other day, didn't you? And it looked really nice. Uh, anything yeah. from that worth mate?
3: Yeah, he's one of my favourites. That's oh, my favourite. 11, 11. My favourite. <laughs> I won on him in the Warra last year and I've loved him ever since. Um, But his trial the other day was unreal. He jumped really sharp and he doesn't usually do that so from barrier one if he does that on the weekend he'll posse up maybe a bit closer and his turn of foot's really good especially when he gets to the outside of horses
2: uh race eight in the the feature the group two um you got spirit ridge i don't think cisco will go around purely because the draw and everything else and it's the fourth emergency i think so he probably yeah. won't go around, but Spirit Ridge, drawn to have you. I don't think you've ridden this one, but have you asked Josh Parr about him or anything
3: like that? No, I never ridden him. Um, Mark used to train him though, so I knew knew a bit about him. Yeah. Um, he's very one-paced, go forward, usually staying tight. But first up, you got to start somewhere. And I thought Annabelle's going going really well. His trials seem much improved off last prep, so. If he can jump and put himself there, I'm not sure if he'll want to lead on him, but if he does end up leading, I think he'll be pretty tough to get past.
2: And then uh, one last horse for me, and I'm sure Gab, one of the listeners, Tuna's yeah. mate, uh, Steely goes around in race nine. Uh, you rode him two back at Kembla, uh, which he ran an absolute bolt. They just came across a smarter one in Nugget. Uh, any thoughts about him,
3: mate? Yeah, it's a shame Nugget gets in the same race again, drawn well, but I think he's a roll forward horse. He's very tough. He probably, I don't know if he would have won that day at Kemaloo if he got up outside the lead, but he's he's a bit better with a sit. So if he can get across from the draw and find a bum, I think he might go a little bit better than when he's exposed. Um, But he's a tough customer. Love that. Thanks for those.
0: Douglas, you got anything? Kraken. Um, it's Isn't it cool, like, in December that you can be riding in a $2 million race still in um, Sydney?
3: <laughs> it's crazy, it's, isn't
0: it? It's bloody insane. It's funny when we talk to um, someone like Dylan, he said he said his dad always just tells him, "You you are so blessed to be riding right now compared to when he was riding and going up as a young kid. Definitely. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, when we think uh, – I spoke to well, – actually, one question before. I, think. I spoke to Brad Gray today, someone you probably deal with at Sky and interviews and whatnot. Um, he wanted to know why your mullet is not as
3: glorious as it once was. Um, you, was mean, I've been meaning to get a haircut the last few days, to be honest. I might get one Friday.
0: Are you, are you planning on – are you a bit of a hair guy? You want to get, bring in the mullet again for summer?
3: I actually hate my hair, but I do like my mullet, so I will bring it back in, on Friday. <laughs> Oh, man, that's what we want. A couple of, uh, a couple of nice
0: photos. No <laughs> that's good. Um, I don't think I've got much more, King. You got much more before we wrap up?
2: No, I mean I got all the form and got a good good chat out of Tyler. So I don't know if uh, maybe Tommy's got anything or not. No, nah, Tommy's
0: got nothing. All right, um, Tyler, <laughs> a good. Thank you very much for jumping on, mate. Um, you're flying, you're doing really well. You're a very popular apprentice. Um, I've put up a couple of polls before in the past and you it just out, outbid um, Zach Lloyd in popularity. So there you go. That's a one little like thing you've got on him. I think there was a couple hundred votes. You beat him by about four. Um, another winner. Another, <laughs> another winner. So you can take that to your grave to let him You can always let him know that. Yeah. Legend, mate. Thank you. Have a good, Chrissy. Have a good end of New Year, and mate, enjoy that. We can't wait to see you ride a Group One. That'll be uh, bloody fantastic,
3: mate. But thanks for jumping on. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Good man. Thanks, to all.